I pressed the record button this time to That's a Shame, episode 64. It's like we were only half an hour in. So. Yeah, oh, we had some great stuff and it was out two days ago. Yeah, Can you imagine? Sorry it's late. Um, look, it's Valentine's Day, wasn't it? And also... And mostly... What, well, I, I mean, in our defence, uh-huh. we had a several hour... <laughs> Am I audible now? Yes. <laughs> By which I mean about... 50 minute mm-hmm. recording session of extra material for the Patreon. Oh, yeah, I have done nothing with that yet. That, no, but that's, you know, it's, I mean, there, it's not good, but it's not, but it's, it's beside the point. Uh-huh. Like, there was really no need for you to admit that. But <laughs> um, what it meant was it felt to us like we'd recorded an episode. Yes. And then up came Wednesday. And we were like, first again. day of the week, as ever it is. Yeah. And, uh, and we just, we were. And I found myself watching Coco far away from the world of podcasting. My girlfriend had just flown across a sea. A to see, see me. That, that's a poem right there. I think Dr. Zeus has that trademark oh, somewhere. Doing. I'm Isaac, by the way. Joining me, as always, just across the river bend. It's Declan. I'm Declan. Hooray. Hell of a show. Uh, well, no, I'll be honest. It's going to be weak. No, 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 no. Hell, I'm joking. Hell of a show. That was part Come of on. the comedy of the show, that we can that's, joke about how good it's going to be. And that, that or is not. about as, as good as it's going to get for today. Yeah. But if you don't think that's a hell of a joke, we don't want you. No, exactly. I'd turn right off and never come back. Jokes aren't about quality, nor quantity. quantity. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I'm going to tell 300 <laughs> knock-knocks. Um, How's your life? Yeah, all right. I've just got back from tutoring. I'm going out to a birthday party later. Wow. Not a the birthday party. No, that was last week. Yes. Um, that was no, I'm pain. going to a birthday party at a gay bar. Wow. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like you fit in? Oh, inordinately. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You do well, do you? Well, I'm sort of, as it were, coming out as bisexual, you see. On the show, officially? Well, yeah. I mean, that's it, officially. You've done it on the show that right was now. It. I'm sorry it wasn't. I Come didn't on, bring along any champagne. Let me just put a note to do the harp. <laughs> oh, yeah. The <laughs> gayest of all the <laughs> instruments. 
So I suppose I fit in better than ever I thought I did, even That's though I already great, fit in it? there well. And so do you feel uh, that tonight's the night, you know, you're going to just say it loud, say it proud, <laughs> really overshadow the birthday girl? Oh, absolutely. No, well, she already knows. A thunder stealing, though. I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to steal anyone's thunder. I think you should. You think I should? I think if there's one thing I know, Daisy, uh, who we've talked about on the show before, haven't we? Yes. When we last Hail episode. Storm. Yeah, Daisy the Hailstorm Hail. Yeah, that's a great name. She sounds like she should if run she a takes boot up camp wrestling. That is it. <laughs> if there's one thing I think she'd enjoy on her birthday, it's you know just having that side quest come into the fore in the form of just barreling in with new information. I'll just do it. Just make up All other right. stuff as well. Done. Just I'm start dying coming with out cancer. Of all sorts of also. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> Look, I don't know uh, if you believed us the first time, but I'm going to go ahead and say that it is going to be quite a show because we've in the intervening period how long when did we actually go and see this it was saturday it was a week ago tomorrow i think that's yeah yeah sure. i mean that makes very little sense to you and almost no sense to us anyway but we went uh it was for your birthday was it yes Vaguely, loosely it was, it was good because on the friday as you mentioned uh-huh. i went to see the birthday party like the play Ooh. the pinter play with uh, my sister who very kindly got us tickets to go and see it. Yep. Um, which was phenomenal. Good, was if it? If you are in and around London, go and see it. Who's in it? Toby Jones. Toby Jones is He's in it. Uh, Zoe Wanamaker's in it. Oh, yes. Um, but that was good. It also, as I mentioned um, earlier, it was another chance to hear people's inane thoughts oh. after the show. Yes, no, people like just spewing those. Now, I don't they? know if... Our listeners are familiar with the birthday party, uh-huh. but it's been variously described as a, a comedy of menace, right? Something of the theatre of the absurd. It's very funny, but it's very, very dark. Mm-hmm. A bit like this show. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't um, someone once call us a th- something like a thought-provoking experiment in the podcasting form? Yeah, that was like one of our first reviews. And even if they didn't, we'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, of what I write and then post drunk. <laughs> Just still counts, yeah. basically. Um, and after the show, there was a couple behind me. It was a proper fucking Harold and Maud situation uh-huh. going on. Oh. Um, and um, the woman turned to this boy and she went, well, I don't really know why everyone was laughing. I thought it was pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, which seemed like a, a, a shameful missing of the point. Yeah. But he retorted doubling down on this by saying, I'm actually very interested to see how this script was reviewed because I can't imagine it was well. Wow. <laughs> Harold Pinter. That's the one. Uh, uh, wow. Not only a 60-year-old play, but also one of the turning points of British yeah. theatre in the 50s. I went to see The Greatest Showman today. Why? <laughs> this free cinema thing is doing I'm going no to everything. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a free... Well, we will come round to what we were talking about and also it yeah. ties into this. So don't worry, structure just emerges. Um, we... Oh, no. By we, I mean me and all of the people that live in my head. We got Cineworld Unlimited... Uh, and I only mention on the off chance that anyone from Cineworld is listening and wants to have a little <laughs> just chuck a sponsorship <laughs> straight down. Then I've heard the Patreon song, so they'll be on board. I imagine so. Maybe you want to drop Cineworld into today's Patreon song if you start thinking I'll of be having a now. Cineworld be because you haven't got any unlimited membership. So None. You could so probably if I could do get that, that. That would be the better the rhyme, the more likely that they'll. Okay, I'll drop be thinking of one of those many 
rhymes for cine world mini world that's a good one that's good no i, I like it that. could all be about downsizing or the borrowers or something oh uh, yeah yeah no that would be good so anyway i've got this unlimited thing small where people I, big screens that yeah kind of. that's also good um where i can go and see everything and by can i mean will go and see everything. oh absolutely <laughs> uh but i with went the, to go the and... righteous fury with which he wields <laughs> this little card <laughs> just slicing it through the air cutting people ask to see his ticking just Get out! Shreds Give me my ten percent off a four pound fifty popcorn. <laughs> That's right, a four pound five pence popcorn. It's great as well because four I don't actually have the popcorn. That sounds like, like a bad a lot of plosives. I don't have the card yet, so when I ask for my four pounds five pence popcorn, they have to type a forty thousand digit number <laughs> as I as they sit and ponder whether or not to bring up the fact that. So you know. This is only a 45p discount. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's worth six pounds of your time. <laughs> so I went to see it and the cinema was the size of this room. Good. It's because they're redoing Empire Leicester Square. For, for any listeners who haven't been I'm in, in your a room. palace. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the size of a bedroom is what you need to grasp. Uh, probably a larger than normal bedroom. Yeah, maybe. Also, it was probably bigger than this. I would say it was the size of, if you imagine like... A millionaire, not a billionaire, a millionaire has installed a home cinema in like their basement. Yeah. Three rows of chairs, probably about eight, eight to ten in a row. Right. And the screen was like, it was cinema size, but only just, it was only just bigger than like the biggest TV screen you could get. <laughs> so what I'm saying was it was great. <laughs> and I was sat, uh, I'd booked, I always book an aisle seat where possible. Just so you, you know, you, you've got your back to two corners. Also, I'll see you're either, if they come in one side, yeah. best chance of surviving. If you, it's the other, you're first out, no suffering. Exactly. That's it. But there I was, I was sat on an aisle and there were three empty seats next to me. The film was like 20 minutes in at this point. Very, very poor music in this film, I must say. No. Oh, look, Hugh Jackman was all right, and uh, it was an ableist mess, but other than that... (laughs) You didn't enjoy the bearded woman's song. She doesn't have a song, is the weird part. She's set up as the best singer in the whole world. She's introduced as a singer, and then never has anything more than... She probably has about a minute of singing in other people's songs. See, now, I saw... I was in a pub about uh-huh. a week and a half ago a very odd pub that i probably should talk about at some point yeah um and also take you to no nope. <laughs> but um it was the epitome of a, a spook a, a spooky <laughs> a scooby-doo <laughs> pub um scooby-doo's spooky. uncle of course yeah. um and it was just myself mark and mark's friend joe uh-huh um and there was a tv screen playing the top 50 songs from films. Right. And at number <laughs> fraud. At number five was a song from The Greatest Show. Wow, that's wrong. Sung entirely by the bearded lady. Right, okay. So that's not in the film. <laughs> Unless I... Songs related to films. That very small, like, micro-nap that you get when you're, like, on the very edge of consciousness, which I don't think I did. Or maybe or it, was. it wasn't offensive enough to be in the film. Yeah. Well, what... It, what came across was like they got this cast of outsiders and it seemed like the obvious point of the film would be, look, it doesn't matter how we look on the outside. We're all, you know, just people at the end of the day. But the way the film decided to go about that was by having characters say things to Hugh Jackman like, here you're looking for some more freaks. <laughs> <laughs> and him 
not correct them, just be like, where'd you hear that? Or something like that. Like, where, I'll take where, any freaks yeah, you got. Like, where do I go? Where do I find them? I think, I th- in fact, that is how the bearded woman is introduced. I thought you were going to say that um, the freakier, in the film's yeah. terms, the characters were, the more evil they turned out to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, actually, they all tear huge up from the past. You know, the bearded woman, she was fine, but she sort of stole a bit. Yeah. But then the, the eight-legged man, he was killing, Spiders kicking way, people right to death wherever Dr. he went. Dr. Octopus is yeah. Hugh Jackman into the next life. Um, yeah, there are a couple of very confusing characters as well, because in this gang of outsiders where they touched on some really serious issues that then just they forgot about. Like, for example, a couple of them are outcasts because they're black characters in whenever the fuck this is supposed to be. Early 19th century, maybe. Go late for it. 18th. Very, very vague. It was whatever time frame Hugh Jackman gets to wear a top hat because that seems to be the majority That's of his probably, career. I'd now. say like 19th. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, so there was that. There was like racism. Was but then also. Yeah, he's P.T. So Barnum. We, we could find, find out when it was. But also, it's so far removed from P.T. Barnum I anyway so, yeah. that it's total nonsense. But so you've got serious, like, othering of black characters in a white society. And then you've got, like, oh, this guy has, uh, like, hair growing all over his face, like, physically, like visibly, yeah, disabled people. And then one of the guys was just a bit fat, like, <laughs> but he was still in the group. Like, I'm not saying he's not allowed in the group, but let's not just paint all, all difference from Hollywood. I think I was A-list in that <laughs> With the same brush. I was painting the bearded lady. And I, like, in the beginning, he amasses this ragtag gang of, of people and then comes up with names for them. Like, there's a whole sort of montage like a bit like Ocean's Eleven where they're getting the gang together. Right. Like, you're the explosives guy, except instead of saying that, he's saying, you're going to be dog boy. <laughs> <laughs> and the film then never really comments on the fact that he calls the him The incredible dog boy. spherical man. Yeah, he has dog boy. There's a Russian giant man. He's about eight and a half feet. And he's like, I think you're Irish, wink. And then he just calls him the Irish giant. It was all very strange. Like it set up all these things that seemed to lead to a moral but then just didn't bother. Instead of a moral, what they did was they just had them all do a dance scene Mm. and then like stamp a bit and they all broke down into like a clapping final verse so that you knew like it had a stadium vibe. Oh, knew It was anthemic. Yeah, well... Well, I found trying to be. No, no, no. Well, in fact, they used the word anthem in almost every song. Just to remind you, it's one of the lyrics is like... La, da, 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 like an anthem in my heart so you're like oh yeah it is like an anthem in my heart watching that must have been film. for you sickening quite <laughs> honestly so I vomited anyway all of this is to say that these three empty seats were not occupied until about half an hour into the film they'd already missed some of the great dog boy dialogue some of the core yeah. morality the real establishment yeah and um, in shuffle this family who just looked they looked like they had brought in an energy that was almost palpably toxic. Like they just all shouted at each other and then got it <laughs> probably about being late. Like yeah. it, it painted a real picture when they came in. I was sitting so far out to one side and so ill-equipped was this space to be a cinema that ra- the screen was sort of off and to my left. So I was having to like angle myself. But if I just sat straight in my chair, I was staring straight out of the door of the <laughs> cinema, just into a corridor and they hadn't shut it. I toyed with going to shut it, but I thought I'd rather just, if the film's really dull, I've got A, an easy escape, but yeah. also something to look at. Yeah, exactly. Just a corridor. 
so they could have tried to see like scenes in the corridor yeah and just in your mind Try apply the dialogue them. to yeah, that yeah. that would have been probably would have been much more interesting oh, much less offensive so <laughs> <laughs> um, some dad pointing to his kid <laughs> i hear you're the irish giant where'd you get these <laughs> freaks kid <laughs> um but yeah they came in all just with a different um mask of bitter annoyance like some tension had just I do peaked and cr- crescendoed and then just dissipated as they entered a silent room and they came and sat next to me and the dad figure was a very large man in kind of like he had like paint on his clothes he looked like he'd been at work uh, I don't know why he would have finished work at quarter to four to go and see the greatest yeah, show <laughs> with his family that he hates <laughs> but fair play to him he's putting There's the hours no accounting in. for taste <laughs> But he uh, sat there tutting for the most part of the film and leaning over to his wife and doing a kind of Bill Sykes stage whisper. It's like, it's not very believable, is it? At bits, like with the dancing, he had a really thick kind of... He obviously uh, hasn't heard East our End Black accent. Mirror episode. No, no, he hadn't. Uh, email on which we'll come to later. But then at the end of the film, quite playing against type for him, seemingly transformed by just the beauty of it. He gave a standing (laughs) captain, my captain, stood on his chair. Carpe diem, boys, (laughs) seize the day. No, he left. He sort of stood up and left quite quickly before his family could leave. And then I was like next to leave and they caught up and he put his hand on the wife's shoulder and said, I'm so sorry. And I'm so glad we got to see this together. (laughs) What a beautiful moment. This this absolute unbelievable (laughs) nonsense. It was just so nice to see him transformed by the power of very mediocre cinema. That is nice though. And that's why I've got my unlimited card. Yeah. You're hoping you can be transformed. If not today, then I'm going to see Black Panther tomorrow. And I hear that is genuinely good. Well, on the subject of another film, when I was on the train into town hmm. uh, it was uh, to see the birthday party last friday have you mentioned the birthday party i have okay um it was the longest tube journey i almost could have done i came from rice lip gardens David, no, which is. is penultimate stop on the central line right into oxford circus okay and um so i got a nice this is some london specific content a broad cross section of the tube life yeah you've got the tourist section you've got the angry commuters and on stepped about a third of the way into my journey um this girl now she must have been maybe our age maybe just slightly younger um and i mean who is younger than listening to the show almost certainly yeah i thought so that's our demo um and she was the epitome of the old money Rich girl. Oh, okay. Who's done an arts degree. Right, yeah, I know lots of these people. Um, and she was wearing something madly incongruous uh-huh. that is kind of a synonym for fashion, but mm-hmm. not in a way that anyone's able to identify. It's related so closely, and yet you can't point to any of the seams no. that hold it together. So they seemed to. she seemed to be wearing corduroy three-quarter lengths wow. and a T-shirt cool. with a scarf. Good look. Right. Um, Practical. And she spent, she came up, got on the train with her friend who sat opposite her. Uh-huh. And she was, of course, talking for the entire time she was on the train. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Right. Um, and very loudly because her friend was across the way. Yeah, so you have line to. line is unbearably loud. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was sat just a few seats down from her friend. So I could hear all of it. 
And um, she started by talking about football. She played football. Right. But what she knew about football bordered on nothing. Okay. Um, she started talking about how the game is all about a slow pace these days, which <laughs> first is the least these correct days. phrase. These days, comma. Uh, she, her friend asked what the offside rule was about. And she responded. Oh, I'd love to hear. She so she responded with, "No one knows. It's really not that important." <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Um, so I was already amused. I was trying to read a book, but I'd given Give up, up on that, yeah. and I was just looking at the book and listening. So her. That's for me a moment where, with my headphones, you just turn them off, put, yeah. lift one ear slightly yeah, off, exactly, because it gives you a great cover, doesn't it? Holding yeah. a book or having headphones on, Most, exactly. I'd say eighty percent of the time, I'm not listening to anything. I, no. Just Never. listening to other people yeah. and how dreadful they are. <laughs> so uh, the football conversation died down a bit. Uh-huh. Lord himself knows why. Uh, yeah, um, well, with that much kind of insight, you'd think to say, she'd yeah. be able to talk for hours. And her friend asked her if she'd been to see that film, The Post. Oh, The Post, yeah. The Post, the Stroop Hanks. Yeah, film. together at last. They'd never been in a film together exactly. before. Imagine that. And that here in they fact, are. they'd never met. <laughs> or they didn't heard, heard of each, each other, other. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and she her friend asked her if she had seen the post yeah so we'll call the football rich girl we'll call her please con- delilah oh right okay That's okay and we'll call her friend june delilah and june yeah they're middle-aged they're no. like hyacinth bouquet types <laughs> they will be one day um so Delilah said that she had, she had been to see the post. Uh-huh. So June asked what she thought of it because June hadn't been to see it yet. And Delilah's response was, well, I thought it was good, but I think it's far less enjoyable if you know a lot about the Vietnam War. Right. Okay. Interesting now, approach. Already this irked me somewhat because it seemed to be buying into the idea that any um, historical film is de facto uninteresting because we know yeah. the outcome that become intentional <clears throat> art. Or I guess that a film that has like a tangential relationship to a historical event can be judged solely by its strict and rigorous adherence <laughs> to the to facts historical as facts. they played out. Exactly. Even if all the people involved were ugly <laughs> and dead and if the story itself was actually a, a minor footnote in yeah. history as opposed to a, a cinematic event uh-huh. um so her friend asked oh really june is that in in what way like what do you mean what was june's demeanor here is she like did you sense genuine inquiry or was it yeah, just conversation I, I felt like poor june is the dynamic she'd been, she'd been duped really so she sees delilah as, as her cultural authority yeah um, not one that she's unafraid to question at all Best but one that she she looks up to yeah you know. she'd automatically defer to her would it mm. be one of those situations do you ever watch this nice thing happen in public where there's like a table of people and um when something funny happens everyone looks to the person that they're trying to impress the most to see if they're yes, laughing exactly. for permission yeah june would have been straight at delilah straight looking hanging on to every cackle exactly good delilah of course would have been laughing at everything yeah. Oh well, because she gets it. She wants to understand it. Thing about jokes, it's all quite slow paced. She days. knows. Yeah you, yeah, you can get away with that. Easy. Yeah, easy money. Um, so she, Delilah responds by saying, "Well, obviously, I did. I, you know, I did a history degree. Uh-huh. Um, and one of my modules was about the Vietnam War. So all this kind of McNamara stuff, you know. Mm. 
uh, saying you know in a way that she knew that June didn't know. Yeah, but she was given a chance to, uh, you know. And June says no. Ah. Oh, you don't know about McNamara. <sighs> you don't know about McNamara and and this whole the the report. June. Oh well, okay. Well, you see, what it is is this. <laughs> One of life's most incredible phrases. <laughs> what it is, is this. Uh, <clears throat> and proceeded to give a potentially shoddy, not very in-depth overview of this McNamara report that right. could have been entirely gleaned from the movie The Post. Oh! <laughs> um, which was that, oh, well, you see, the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, this was a long war. And, <laughs> and, and, great and, and by the end, they they... An unspecified they unearthed this report by oh. McNamara that had been done right at the beginning, right before the war, mm. um, showing that they knew they. I mean, they knew before they, they knew before they went in that they were going to lose, but they went in anyway. <sighs> and so it's all about you know trying to get this report released and uh, and getting a load of attention for it. Mm. And June was saying, "Oh, really? I mean, I I didn't know. Like, so who's the the president in this?" And she's like, "Oh, it's um, oh, what's it's it? it's, 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 it's like um." It's uh, well, it's it's under I think it's Nick Nixon I think it's under Nixon that it's that this film is uh, that the the release, um, but this this war it's, it, it was you know it lasted fifteen years or something, maybe a hundred or something you know, <laughs> <laughs> or something being a wonderful thing to have gleaned from your history degree module yeah or something gets you a mark straight away because it shows that you're. You're not, you're not an tied. No, you're someone who's willing to allow a possibility of. Yeah. If you're questioning the textbook, fact. you must. You must know. Like, yeah, you must yeah, be, yeah, yeah. You're woke. Well, I'd say, say. So. I'd say so. Um, <clears throat> what followed was one of the most shambolic attempts to remember in which order five presidents came <laughs> okay. that you could ever hope to listen, especially from one person who claimed to have a history degree. Why? Why was she going this way now? Well, because you know this this war it started back way like I mean like kind of uh, Eisenhower Kennedy sort of okay Eisenhower then Kennedy um, and June said so Eisen yeah Eisenhower's before Kennedy so yeah 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 no of course I mean of course obviously. June come on because um, he was doing of course because Eisenhower he did all that stuff with Churchill oh um, true. Churchill and then it's you know it's Kennedy and then. Um, I mean, this spanned lots of presents. I mean, after Kennedy, it was, um, Thatcher. well, after him, it, after that guy, it was, uh, oh, was it? Yeah, after the, after Kennedy, there was that guy, and then it was Johnson. That guy. <laughs> there was Johnson. No, jo- no, John, wait, hang on. Johnson took over from Kennedy. Who was the tall one? And then Nixon. Is that right? Yeah, Nixon. And What's then June's input here. Ju- June. Minimal. Well, June, I got the feeling she knew this. Oh, really? And was uh, because she seemed to be helping. What if it's like, a pinky in the brain situation? That's what I'm. I was about to say that mm. it, it was definitely that kind of the evil bad guy and his downtrodden henchman who uh-huh. actually knows a lot more. Yeah, it's a classic um, trope, isn't it? What's yeah. the first example of that? Because pinky in the brain is probably not the most highbrow uh, reference point for us. I to, to maybe for. Othello and Iago. I guess so. Othello, though, he's not know. an idiot. No, he's not an idiot. And Pinky is an idiot. Yeah. It's more about, I guess, Othello's ambition is a little more limited than Pinky's. Although, <laughs> whose isn't? <laughs> Same thing we do every night, Brain. <laughs> Just fuck Desdemona and get out of town. <laughs> not be Avoid any business with handkerchiefs. <laughs> we haven't got time for that. <laughs> um, so, 
And I was just sat there marvelling. Did at any point you feel I, like intervening? I was, I, I really sort of wanted to. Right. But, like but a, at the same time, um, I didn't want to be publicly admonished for mansplaining. True. And also, it was much more amusing to just sit and listen yeah. to this uh, go on. So, the, I mean, the debate about which order... Johnson and Nixon That's came in and went on for, right for at least you know, 20 late. Um And I think it must have been Marble Arch or something I think they got off, mm-hmm. which is always telling. You're not getting <laughs> they off on Marble right Arch unless on you've the got arch. money. <laughs> yeah, live inside. All right, June, I'll see you tomorrow. I've got to go to the Arch now. Um, and as they got off and walked down the platform, mm-hmm. the last thing as the doors slammed shut that I heard... Delilah say was anyway what I gathered from it was Tom Hanks would make a good Nixon <laughs> and that was cool. the last thing that oh. she said insightful though isn't it incredible that you could so confidently um, claim not to have enjoyed a film based on the fact that you knew too much about the subject and then proceed to, then to prove that you know nothing about it. And then still not kind of internalise, oh, maybe maybe I don't need to know, or indeed not know. Maybe, in fact, my foreknowledge about a historical event doesn't need to doesn't impact, impact at all thing. on my appreciation of the film. Yeah. Well, Doing I guess that. she'll come to that in her own time, Delilah. All this is to say... <laughs> That last Saturday, <laughs> midnight. Was it for your birthday? It was. Have you gone to see any plays about well, birthdays? <laughs> Just the night before. There's a Harold and Maud thing going on. <laughs> Just I told you about Coco. <laughs> it was great, by the way. Anyway, we went to see the Prince Charles Cinema in London's Leicester Square, the heart of the West End. Um, it's been there for, a, I think... Uh, Jesus mentions it actually in one of the one of the parables about going to the cinema where he's like ah oh, looking at God it's like going to see a really good film like Bruce Almighty and everyone's like so but Jesus film and there he's like don't worry about it film Bruce watch I'm sure that name's not really watch around this space <laughs> Peter what about when Jesus just renames people Simon Peter it's great what about when God renames Abraham Abraham he was doesn't like, tell him why. He's like, too few syllables. Yeah. He's like, there's no gravitas in Abraham. <laughs> and I mean, he's not wrong, but it's also he's like, hard Abraham, to say he's right. He's like, Abraham, that just sounds like a Cockney saying what your name should be. Abraham! So like, what's, what's a Cockney? What should my name be? Look. You, <coughs> don't worry first, about don't it, Don't worry about Abraham. the first one. Second one, Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there we went. And it's uh, known as the the home of a certain film. And that's the film we went to see. The film is Tommy... Wizzo, or I mean, Let's he changes on. the pronunciation. Let's settle on Wizzo. Yeah, Tommy Wizzo's seminal The, the room. room. And um, for those who don't know, like I'm sure we're speaking to the choir <laughs> to mix that metaphor. Well, speaking to the choir. <laughs> Just chatting to the converters. So, guys, favourite hymns? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Room is a, it's the kind of archetypal So Bad It's Good film. It was released, it was funded entirely by this mystical figure, Tommy Wiseau, who claims he's from New Orleans, has an accent that scatters its way around every aspect it of European culture. It defies any you could not, It's like he's purposefully 
amalgamated everything to the point that no one could ever trace I, his I want that guy from Wired who does the accent oh, yeah, breakdowns to like tell Dennis us Reynolds. where the fuck he's from. I think the answer <laughs> would break all brains because he's probably from elsewhere altogether, a different plane. Um, he made this film on his own dime, like completely altered the project. I'm, nobody's entirely sure quite how he nope. has all this money. But, and that's, that seems, that's what baffles me. That seems like the kind of thing that you should be able to trace. There's a, there's, I think the leading theory is a, a, a chain of like dry cleaning stores, yeah. like laund- laundrettes but and stuff. Didn't he also claim to have invented denim at some point as well? <sighs> probably. That's why it's all sort of, it's very enigmatic and very, very mad. Oh, and, um, I mean, this is, I think, the sticking point. Here. Yeah. This is the talking point because he, he was there. That yeah. was the, that well, was the pull of it. Yeah. Because so an when it came out, it, it tanked. Yeah. Tanked in a big way. Except that soon afterwards it was rediscovered and has since enjoyed, like it's made its money back. It is back. the cult film. Yeah, yeah. and nowhere has that been more the case than at the Prince Charles, who were very early to pick it up because they, I don't know, it, it does work quite well as a tour London British audience. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. It plays to the sensibilities of like just enjoying failure as a comedic trope. I'm sure Delilah loves it. Yeah, I'm sure she'd be all over it. Um but there's enough, I don't know, there is something, we could examine this in another episode, but there's something quite British about the appreciation that has developed for it, I think. Yeah, and while it's that, to, to do it like briefly, it's that kind of cliche that doesn't always work, but as a kind of rule of thumb is this, I think, British appreciation for the, the downtrodden yeah. and the failures, and that we're able to enjoy that both genuinely and ironically, that you can like something like Only Fools and Horses or something like that can be popular in a nation mm-hmm. that's about people who have nothing and never get anything and are always kind of remain at the bottom. Yeah. But you can also appreciate that ironically of people who have seemingly a lot who are incapable yet, of doing anything with it. Which is perhaps even sadder. Oh, yeah. It's even more tragic a story. Um, so yeah, the Prince Charles has been like, they do this every so often and I've been meaning to go to it for years, but because it's the 15th anniversary, Tommy and Greg, who is the other star. Greg Sestero. Yeah. Played by Dave Franco in The Disaster Artist, um, came along to ostensibly introduce the film. It was billed as they were going to introduce it. There's going to be a quick Q and A. Yeah. Although quick wasn't necessarily mentioned, but the the implication was it was going to be, you know, like a couple of questions, a little like round table discussion about the film maybe. And then they'd be there to sign merch, shake hands, take photos and all that jazz. I've been a couple of times, maybe three actually to a film festival in London. I've probably mentioned before called Fright Fest, which takes place at the nearby, or at least did when I used to go nearby empire where I saw Mm -hmm. the greatest snowman. Um, and the Q and A's were the bane of that process. It was a length, long days of like five films back to back, short breaks. And if there was a Q and A, it attracts with such magnetism the worst people. As, as we know from, uh, Minecon, like, yeah, true. Videos. Although that's more forgivable because they're kids. What's less forgivable is people who stand up and ask some director, a question so circuitous and so tangentially related to inquiry 
And yeah, oh, it's, it's through the just... lens of, I, I, I've got this blog. Um, I, I think there are some readers in the audience tonight. Anyone read Dapper Dan's Den of Inquiry? And they'll be like, no cheers. Maybe, cool. Um, anyway, I, I've got to say, I, I enjoyed the film. I mean, you must know it's not without its flaws. And they will talk for, like... Hey. Well, it's Ours. not about the questioners, it's about themselves. Yeah, and especially in the old auditorium that was Empire One, which was a beautiful old... I think it was the largest cinema auditorium in Europe at a point. Um, and you had a microphone, so it must have been like... They must have felt some power that mm. compelled them to stay. So I was worried about the Q&A. And never in the history of concern have they been thrown out of the window <laughs> and resolved so thoroughly as with the 10 people who... I mean, because to add to this, I've been to a few things with Q&As before, uh-huh. never films, but they are, as you say, always uh, not just a, a den of mentals. Remember when we went to see Sondheim and there was a Q&A? No. Oh, well, there was. And people asked... A lot of no, bullshit. because remember I was going to go to that, but then he cancelled. Oh yeah, and then so I didn't, didn't get a ticket. For oh the... well, spoiler: everyone who asked the question was an idiot, including no! someone who asked, basically asked for a job. Imagine it was a real shame. It wasn't you, was it? No, <laughs> begged. <laughs> um, but they are, and they are always gratuitously long. Mm. And when I saw ten people lining up, I, and, and also when you know there are going to be two people answering, uh-huh. you think, "Fuck me!" Well, it's like going to be a minute for each question. That's ten minutes. Probably a minute for each answer from each of them. So you know, some dickhead's going to be like, um, "I've got two questions. Uh, this yeah. one's for Greg. This for, one's for Tommy." For first question, you know, and then the second question will be some attempted joke that they have obviously heard a hundred times before. Seen the room? A hey. crickets. Um, so I was, when I saw 10 people lined up, I, I was worried. Yeah. I was thinking... You this, indeed this is, started heckling them. This is at least, yeah, <laughs> I started <laughs> demanding to know what they were going to ask so I could tell them whether or not they were a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, I was thinking this is 30 minutes of our lives. Minimum yeah. of our lives. How long do you estimate it was? It couldn't have been more than a minute and a uh, half. 90 seconds it was, was going to be my guess. mad. Tommy has no time for anything that he, isn't watching the room. If I hadn't shaken his hand, uh-huh. I would not believe that the energy that makes up Tommy Wiseau was bound by anything. Yeah, that it could stay in one physical form. No. Because he was like, it was I, like watching I think a, that's why he wears the sunglasses. To keep it, it in. Just that like Cyclops in it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say <laughs> that, that otherwise it just explodes <laughs> it's everywhere. It's just chaos pours yeah. out of every orifice. He was standing there, so. I encourage listeners who are not familiar with what he looks like to Google image him. He's a singularly odd looking man. Very, very strange. And I mean, it's a kindness really because it flags up that within this husk of oddity lies an even greater, more primordial madness. Oh, The likes of which the world is just not equipped to handle. If you saw the real Tommy Wiseau, that which lies within, you you would never speak again. Your eyes would not be able to like make shape of it. Um, Ten people... Average time, maybe f- 10 seconds, at, at, generously. That is, Some no. of them longer. And he in- indeed, he got one person up on stage. And it's not that he was horrible. It's that he had no time. It was how every Q&A should be. It was brilliant. The first woman's question was, what's your favourite sandwich? 
And he went, nobody wants to know that next question. And then that the audience was... went, yeah. And he get, ha, 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 ha. he's got this <laughs> laugh that is the weirdest thing. And combined with his accent and the fact that he's like performing his indifference it, to these people. It's like, so funny. it's like he has, we've all got, we've all got the esophagus. Yeah. That's for eating. Yeah. And we've all got the trachea. Yeah. And that's for breathing. Never the twain shall meet. Such, and other such processes. Uh-huh. Tommy Wiseau has a third, very, very small tube at the mm. back of the throat that branches off from the trachea, and it's called his laughing tube. And Does it, it just have a it weird lid? Only, it just has a weird, <laughs> like, valve. It's just a <laughs> flap of skin. And it can only push out the most pathetic, meagre volume of air at any one time. So it appears as this weird four-stage... <laughs> It's so odd because it's in such stark contrast to his voice, which is all this. I don't know, Greg. I, no one wants to answer that now. No one cares. This is London, not Paris, okay? Nobody cares what my favorite sandwich is. <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. It's like, um, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, try and look up. We might attach it to the episode if I remember to tell you. Yeah. Rob Broyden. Rob Broyden. Rob Broyden. Rob Broyden's Man, Man in a Box. In a box. Yeah. Where he does this uh, like voice trick Very that strange. makes it sound like there's a tiny man trapped in a box inside him. It's really that's odd. trying to scream out. It's it's better it, than you are imagining if you haven't. Heard uh, like it, it is just extraordinarily yeah. good, and it's like there is someone in, else inside him, like the xenomorph's tongue. How it's yes, another mouth that manages that the... that his tongue just laughs mm. for him. So nobody wants to talk about that. Gra- <laughs> And so the first question just dismissed straight away. He thought, oh, that's funny. That's like a good way to start. It sets the mood that like, there's no bullshit. Just Puts everyone else on the question. Now, the kind of person who's going to ask a question in a Q&A, undeterred by that. Oh, of course. They soldier on with a resolute lack of self-awareness. I, I would say, though, that out of the 10, mm. at least three, probably at least four of the people barely came to a stop at the microphone before Tommy Wiseau had dismissed oh, them. Yeah. Like they they started their question mid-stride and before they'd put their other foot down, he had told them to fuck off. Yeah. And they had to go. It was just and that was like, it. There was no coming back to it. You can't respond to a man who barely processes information anyway. No. Just or processes it at a speed which is hitherto unknown to man. He is quantum And then computing. there's Greg, who's this, like... Classically, very good-looking yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a sort of. He looks background. like, uh, like what's that guy in Lost Sawyer or something? He looks like yeah. that kind of archetype. He looks like of... him, but with no street smarts. Yeah, like <laughs> rugged but dull. Yeah, exactly. And he's um, just standing there like but a shadow. What's great is that he is uh, in any room that didn't include Tommy Wiseau, he'd be the strangest person in it. Yeah. But because Tommy's there, he feels like this beacon of normality. It's like Greg's like us yeah. and he's laughing along with Tommy. And so when people got dismissed by Tommy, they would sometimes turn Appeal pleadingly to Greg. to Greg for his answer. And he he would respond in an almost identical, just more relaxed yeah. fashion. He like, had no presence, Greg, like no sense of being on stage. Greg has this shield of pure light in front of him you know in uh this is just a reference for us and no one else you know uh, in the big dumbledore voldemort fight oh yeah when voldemort makes all the glass and, go and he dumbledore. comes up the water thing no 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 he makes all the glass go at dumbledore mm. and dumbledore just raises his wand and as it hits it, it all just turns into dust oh, yeah. around him 
Greg has that in front of him. Anything that hits him just comes to him as nothing. It's in just, his head, it's just like bird song. Yeah, and so the question, the Probably first a question, coping mechanism yeah. for working with Tommy. <laughs> the, the the first question about sandwiches, it, like Tommy was a smashed the baseball. No one the cares. No one to hear about sandwiches Greg. right now. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg, what about you? what about you? And it comes to him, and he says. You're like, here I'm a pickle. And, 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 that was, and then, <laughs> and, and, then like, yeah! and then dropped his mic to his side to show there will <laughs> be no it. more answer. Yeah. And they have to go. And you're like, I thought, I, you know, I trusted you, yeah. Greg. You were the lifeline. It's like that thing of finding out that like both your parents are in on the same ruse where it's like, normally yeah. you can play two people off each other, but when they divide united, and conquer. Because he seemed so, he does, like you say, seem like are in. And everything yeah. you know about the way the room was created, that it was this Tommy's madness, uh, like, up against Greg, who just wanted to make it as an actor, that normality colliding with sheer yeah. madness. But he's been too close to the madness for too long now, Greg. That is and it, his yeah. defence has made him into a hollow monster man. Although, lovely. I man. mean, when are we putting our little clip? Will that be uh, the start? Yeah, we'll have been at the start. So the they will hear, they will have heard the way that Tommy deflects all inquiries to Greg yep. immediately. And, and Greg's isn't immediately solvable by one action or word. And Greg's flat, apathetic, yeah. if kind response to yeah. all of it. Like that that's that's their dynamic. You throw anything you want at Tommy, he softens the blow, palms it off to Greg, yeah. and Greg just catches it and hands it back to you. Yeah. And you walk and you away. Feel like you've you got walk more. away with exactly what you had <laughs> but, before. And yet you with feel elevated. Covered covered just with a thin glint <laughs> of their essence. And you walk away and you look at it and you think to look at this, and what I've got is nothing. But <laughs> it makes I, like feel, I feel like changed. there's something. It's yeah. a religious experience meeting them. It was v- so strange. Very, very the odd. The Q&A continued for, like we said, almost no time at all. But there were there was this weird tangent where two different people started trying to ask him questions in French. And he, oh, yeah. the first person who asked a question in French, he just flat out, like, shut up. He's like, this is London, not Paris. And Nobody wants to hear Nobody. that. Nobody understands. Next so question. Like, yeah, like, move on. Next question. And then two people later, someone else started speaking French. And he was like, look, this is London. I speak French, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just like he'd only just remembered that that was part yeah. of his arsenal. Like an ancient being that has to just, like, scroll through everything it can do to remember. Oh, yeah, I can actually interpret French. Mm. Very strange. And then he just fucked off. Very much so. And the film began. We left almost immediately. To go and see him. To go and queue up and see him. We got a signed script. Yeah. Uh, illegibly signed. Yeah. Can't make out what any of the scrawlings are. And Probably as you would have heard, one of the oddest recordings one could have hoped. Yeah. Well, there was a bit afterwards. It's a shame it cut out when it did because... So first of all, Declan approached Tommy. I had to get the camera ready. The cover out for this week's episode will, of course, be that photo. Of course. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, so I had the camera ready because there was a very tall sort of uh, helper guy, Rody, facilitating the speeding up of the process. He yeah. was like, everyone have your cameras ready. So I was like, okay, got my camera ready. Declan went in with his phone recording to try and get something. We were just, our hope was just any audio captured. Of, of his voice. Yeah, Original audio. Yeah. And as you'll hear, he didn't really understand uh, to start with, which is fair enough. English, despite his claim, is not his first language. Oh, by no <laughs> means. I don't think it's even his, in his top 30. No. 
I think the man can speak to all kinds of creatures yep. higher up. Languages long since lost yeah. to man. <laughs> oh, by and the way, I speak Aramaic. to be discovered. <laughs> um, so he palmed us off to Greg. Greg understood, albeit with a very slow, lethargic approach where he was like, sure, I can do that. And then just didn't. She's like, yeah. when you're like, ready. Well, whenever you can then. <laughs> uh, but then he went for it. And he added his own cunts bit. trying to yeah. move us on. But so. he added his own like, that's a shame podcast. Like, yeah. We didn't ask him to say that bit. No. And then Tommy, realising why it was, puts his arm around, gets in the gang. is like, yeah, and have a groovy life, okay? Lit- and it cuts off. So we didn't yeah. get that bit, but and, we lived it. And on the way, once we'd had our photograph yeah. taken... He shook both our hands again, again, and yeah. congratulated us and wished us best with the podcast. He did, That's which was very incredible. nice. I felt, you know, I don't want to say that we're special, but we did get better treatment than anyone else that I saw. Yeah. But certainly, anyone who wanted to ask him a question, absolutely. He was, and he was nice. Like he was yeah. personable in a way that you just didn't expect he'd have the capacity or or inclination towards. No, it was great. I mean. Go and see if you're ever in London and in the vicinity. Go and try and go to the screenings because we haven't even talked about the madness that was the actual screening, no. where the audience became one writhing mass of organ jokes <laughs> and references and responses to the film that are just so like pre-programmed. It was like and yet witty. It was like watching nanobots try to form one shape yeah like everyone (laughs) like this thing at the drone the drones at the olympics yeah exactly there was everyone kind of had part of the message and the same and the same code the same like pre-knowledge and it was just us trying to form ourselves into one coherent being led the spoon chucking audience of the room which is a literal not metaphorical sense because a big part of it is throwing plastic spoons at the screen albeit at least 50% of them turned out to have been metal. <laughs> there were definitely some metal spoons at the front at the end, uh, which is because they just have a lot of photo frames up that have pictures of spoons that were clearly like stock imagery <laughs> that should have been taken out. But there were a, a group of, it sounded like an infinity of people at the back, but there was a group of people at the back who had some of the best crowd comic timing yeah. I've ever encountered. They were, they were like heckling each other. If someone shouted something out, someone would be like, Oh, I said that one, mate. And it was just the silence <laughs> yeah, thereafter right, was just <laughs> lovely. Yeah. Uh, there was a great moment where, because there were a lot of like preordained reactions to famous moments, of which the most famous is like, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. The amazing scene where Tommy storms onto a CGI rooftop and says, mangles his way through a, a baffling line of dialogue that's like, I did not hit her. I did, I did not, not hit her. I did not. He says like five variations of I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. It's yeah. <laughs> so hard to follow and throws his bottle. So that gets a big cheer. But then there were loads of little subtle moments that I didn't know had a reaction. Right. All the, of the stuff about the door remaining open. Oh, yeah. Never every single fucking, fucking scene. Um, there was maybe three periods of silence for more than like 20 seconds and in one of them came my favorite shout which was just apropos of nothing but the fact that it was a bit of the film that didn't have any particular set response one of the people at the back went have you ever been missold ppi (laughs) (laughs) it's just brilliant what a great thing to say i felt yeah it was a very church-like atmosphere really it was 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 being part of the same god wasn't it? yeah and that god was tommy Long may he reign. Indeed. Yeah. Um, what do you want to do now? You've got to go soon. Uh, well, I mean, we could do 
<laughs> a question, maybe from the, the from the quiz. Sure, I'm going to throw one well, question. I've, I've only really got okay, good. I've only got time for one. It's a short one. Okay. Um, oh, it's a yes or no, but then it also has an explanatory. Probably like the second mark comes from explanatory. Right. Okay. Answer. Yeah. Number three. So uh, sorry, we'll do some setup. This is Uncle Toby, Doctor Toby. Sorry, his Doctor Toby Jabargo's love, love quiz, potion quiz. Uh, you ask 36 questions and then I think you, you just, just fuck, have to fuck think. on air. I think that's what episode 70 is going to be. <laughs> Sign up now. How are these springs? <laughs> so we've done questions one and two. Question three. <laughs> okay. Before making a telephone call. I was certain you were going to say love. Before <laughs> <laughs> making a love call, telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? No. Why? <laughs> because it's not a performance. <laughs> I will only ever call someone functionally. Yeah. And therefore there's no need. I've been practice. getting inundated with calls at the moment and it's been hacking me off no end. I've been dodging them all, of course. My my, my girlfriend is and all my girlfriends have been for uh-huh. reasons I don't want to look into too. Much. I think you should for interrogate it, for what it the for the very obvious <laughs> notions that it attributes to me. Have always been terrified of phone calls. Uh-huh. Absolutely, definitely. Is there I'm, a specific name for phone phobia? Because I hope it's not phone that phobia. <laughs> um, I, like, my sister called me hmm. the other evening, just after my girlfriend had arrived, um, and she called, and I left the room. I don't like answering the phone in front of people. Yeah, I was I just. It? Just don't want people to fucking listen to me while I'm talking. Yeah, I find it. I had just, I'm just bored by their questions afterwards, mainly. Oh, who was that? <sighs> what was she wearing? <laughs> <laughs> How much is it? <laughs> um, so I, I got out of the room, made sure it was nothing like dreadful. She was just fancy to chat. Yeah. So I spoke to her for a bit. I mentioned my girlfriend was over. I walked into the kitchen and I was obviously talking to my sister about uh-huh. what I was saying. And then I just said, yeah, no, no, she's, she's here. Do you want to have a word? And handed the phone towards <gasps> my girlfriend, who physically recoiled, from, like, in fear, just, like, like jumped back. Oh, no. And, and I just looked at her, it's, it's fucking, it's Millie. Just, <laughs> just, I'll just talk to her. I, I what do I say? What do you mean, what do you say? It's not, you're not telling her about death. <laughs> just fucking, just talk to her. She's probably going to ask you some mundane small talk. You'll give some mundane small talk back. Yep. It, that's you know, life. Responding. That's what people say. <laughs> small talk in April, smaller talk in May. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've I never understood. Never it. rehearsed a phone call. I don't think in my life. Maybe if it were something like, remember when we called up Airbnb after Block Switch? I guess it's rehearsal to be like, what are the facts I need to convey? But I'm not going to be like, okay, so I'm going to open. No, with, we've never made. I'm going to open with hello. It's oh, derivative. <laughs> How about hi? Ahoy. Too casual. <laughs> Ahoy. Too naval. <laughs> yes, I've, I don't really understand the impetus for that question. No. And then obviously the why is encapsulated. I suppose that. it's only if you both answer yes, then that's a... What, know. Should, yeah, this question seems unnecessarily divisive because obviously the, the firmness of my no... If I'd said yes, that would have been the end yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, you've been off. <laughs> Love is the least of your worries at that point. <laughs> Residents in this flat, <laughs> we'd vote you out with quiplash. Oh no! Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's that one solved. Right, three good. down, well. thirty-three to go. <laughs> We've had an email. I'm going to sort of shuffle over to the side to try and read it while staying on mic. That's the kind of pro I am. If Radio One are wow, listening amazing. and have a spare slot, 
the Declan and Isaac hour. Like ready to go. <laughs> the BDDD show. That's not what we'll call it. <laughs> Mark has been in touch. This is an old email. Uh, apologies Mark, for... Stra- as in Stratford, the not, very as in same, friend not as in Mark, Mark, friend and flatmate, no. Uh, yes, it's taken us a while to get around to these emails. Isaac and Declan, after hearing your discussions and on the advice of my daughter, I've just started watching Black Mirror. I'm really enjoying it. This, of course, calls back how many episodes? Oh, a thousand at yeah. least to when we were talking about the fact that Declan really likes the criticism of Black Mirror, which is not realistic. He thinks second. that's the very definition of insight. That's like Roger Ebert, back among us. Back and jaw <laughs> aplenty. After, no, I just read that bit. Following on from the discussions about having to suspend belief to watch sci-fi and the problems some have with this. For me, this does not apply to Black Mirror, as all the ones I've watched so far are only set in the near future. Therefore, it only requires a small amount of extrapolation to get from the now to the time frame the episodes are set in. To me, the clever thing is that the basis for the ones I've watched are very believable. There are startups that want to keep posting for you on social media after you die, based on all of your previous posts, uh, then they... What is this? Oh, yeah. Based on all your previous posts, tie this to the development of some very lifelike Donal Gleason androids, and you have an episode of Black Mirror. You can buy wearable digital video recorders, recorders that film everything. Is that the Donal Gleason episode? No. No, that's the entire history of you. Yeah. It? That's a good episode. The previous one was the Donal Gleason. Yeah. Uh, okay. We may not have in-eye playback, but certainly in-glasses playback is possible. Another episode. I like the fact that in-eye seems to be like the conceptual end point of, of how to watch stuff <laughs> like we just need it closer to the eye like i've never been in a cinema and thought wish my eyeball was closer than you know is. what once we get it in eye it'll be i want it pumped straight to the brain <laughs> i pass the i want to be yeah. able to look around the room and see the film <laughs> at the same time uh this is my favorite sentence also we all of course know that cameron fucked a pig yet another episode True. that claim though it's is interesting to note the uh, Cameron, David Cameron, Prime Minister, ex-Prime Minister of Britain, said to have uh, put his genitalia into the mouth, the mouth of, of a, a dead, dead pig in a kind head. of one of those private school jeeps. So I imagine Delilah and her she knows all about that. Yes. Uh, but that revelation came out years after Charlie Brooker had written the Rory Kinnear fucks yep. a pig episode, which is the most brilliant start to a series. Oh, it's incredible. Come out of the fucking <laughs> tunnel. Hitting. <laughs> Basically, Black Mirror is compelling and frightening because you don't need any suspension of belief. Regards, Mark. Now, there was an addendum. Isaac and Declan, sorry, I forgot to add this review of Black Mirror I found written by someone called Fanglemeister, <laughs> which I think tells you a lot. Okay. <clears throat> to my previous mail. This is Fanglemeister, Jan 28th, 2017. Uh, yeah, it was... What voice shall I give Fangelmeister? Give me some direction here, because you know I'm Imagine um, Don't a you? mouse you who's yes. gone above its station. You do the Hello. same. <laughs> so, so your Nazi two voices parrot. are Alan Bennett and Nazi Parrot. Is that a joke? Right so now? I'm thinking. What about my hey boys? Oh, I like that one. You're Lenny from <laughs> Mice and Men. I'm going to go with no um, mouse that gets above its station. Squeak, um, squeak. I can't do high pitch today because I've got a bit of a cold. Okay, all right then. A rhinoceros that's got above its station. I've never... No. They're not allowed to be northern. I've never... Ra- oh, that's northern again. <laughs> <laughs> this versatility is I, falling apart. I, I, we, it's something about living in, in York. York, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because the other day I was telling... Uh, or just last night as it was, yeah. I was telling Dan just a story about being in a pub yeah. um, just a couple of miles 
from here and I was talking about the locals and I put on a northern accent. I was it's, like, they were, it's they the were best, legitimately yeah. just cockney. It's the best incidental character accent because mm. it has the most emotion about yeah, it. Yeah. It is very expressive. I'm just going to go with my voice. Okay. I've never rated anything on Netflix below two stars. Ever. Yeah, I've, have I not shown you it before? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this, this is, is it. This is what I meant by best. Everything else is just popping something <laughs> up. I've never rated anything on Netflix below two stars ever. Not until this diseased, vomitous <laughs> dreck spewed wow. out of my vomitous television. Dreck. Laughably bad, laughably pretentious. No normal human is capable of liking this without certifying themselves intellectually a complete gelatinous glob. This is someone who wanks to Paul they are the, Watson. <laughs> I was going to say that they're the only person in the centre of the Venn diagram male uh-huh. <clears throat> likes Boris Johnson <laughs> and watches Call the Midwife. <laughs> only watches That's Call it. the Midwife. Yeah. Which unfortunately doesn't narrow that one down too much. It's only about 5% cut off. Thank you for that email, yeah. Mark. I suppose that actually what I was going to say was one of the points we very briefly and probably not very, um, that we made very briefly and uh-huh. probably not very well in the episode was that what Mark is saying is possibly what has led to people making this criticism, uh-huh. which is that in the first two series or whatnot, the plots aren't hugely outlandish. Yeah, they don't and diverge the, that much from actual with the <clears throat> With the third series, what with it being made for the Americans? And with a higher budget. Yeah, they've kind of pushed the boundaries somewhat, yeah. which is fine. And it's Go a good for progression it. for the show. But people were seemingly incapable of watching both yes. without deciding that you had to dislike one or the other. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is and a shame, isn't it? It's, it's a mate. Well, I mean, we, the other night, got very drunk and had a long conversation about people's incapabilities of watching or reading anything. It's just sad. Um, which we should probably just do as an episode at some okay. point. But drunk. I, I mentioned, yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> but I mentioned the thing about Delilah to Dan last night. Yeah. And his main... Um, response to it was I just fucking I shall do the dance yeah yeah. Do the I dance. just fucking hate that people think that you have to come up with a reason for why you didn't like the film yeah that's, <laughs> and, and it's Twitter yeah that's my argument is that you only had to perform your opinions when they were part of your value yeah. as a person and I mean like there are some instances where you should be able to explain why you didn't like a film probably if you're like the one person who comes out and says I hated Black Panther. Citizen K. You were probably... Citizen Lane. <laughs> Rose who? <laughs> Just a fucking sled. <laughs> Spoilers. So, um, like, there are instances in which it, it is good to be able to know why you didn't like, like it. Like if you're a if, film critic as well. Yeah. That's a key one. Um, but if you... Like, it's a bit of art. If you look at it and you don't like it, that's that's okay, that's right. I suppose. I mean, you might be probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to be wrong. Yeah. And we'll, you know, we'll take and, the piss out of you And as air. long as you are, yeah, <laughs> we, we will be here. That's fine. We're to here to, up the pieces. Yeah, to catch you up. Um, so Mark emailed doubly there, and he's really come through for us in a big way across the board content-wise. Excellent email roster we have. We have a screenplay from our regular email and Noah to get to shortly as well. Perhaps that'll be a bonus episode because it is a treasure trove of madness, as yes. you might expect. <laughs> um, but say I was sitting at home, uh, maybe Delilah herself is sitting at home now thinking, 
Is that me they're discussing? Because, I, I mean, I thought I knew the offside rule, and I really did think it wasn't important. <laughs> but who knows? How could she, or indeed anyone, get in touch with the show to share thoughts out of their brains and into ours? Well, just like Mark, they could email once, That's twice, thrice, or more. Yeah. Um, Sky's the limit. So you can find us, as much as I would like there to be, there is no limit on how many emails you can send one person. Mm. So... I mean, just probably a ha- theoretical one, but it's very unlikely yeah. we'll reach Google's storage cap. Oh, very, very unlikely. You'd have to really try. <laughs> um, so you could find us by email. Yep. That's TAS, T-A-S, at Shane City. Mm. You could find us on Twitter. Oh. At That's a Shame Cast. Yes. Good, good stuff. Going you can on also there. find Isaac at Isaac BD or myself at yeah. Cynical Declan. You can also get in touch via the website, shame.city slash contact. There's a beautiful pre-prepared form for yeah, you to just fill, nice. fill in, have a little fill in of yourself yeah. and then send it on our way. <laughs> Shame.city, of course, is our website where there's not, uh, you know, there's not loads, but there's all the episodes. There's ways to contact Every week us. there's more stuff as well. Exactly. I think we're underselling it. This is an archive now. It's also sexy as hell. I'll it does look say. nice, yeah. So, um, but... There is, of course, through the website, shame.city slash reviews. Uh, I think so. And if you just pop along there, or indeed pop along to iTunes or any iOS device, and it'll take you through to a lovely Whee! page where you can click that beautiful little five-star button. fifth bump. star. Doesn't look, doesn't look complete no. otherwise, because it isn't. Um, Joe, just click those five stars. Give us a, a little review. Give Glowing. us a taste of your thoughts. Yep. And... Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, right over. and that helps us one day overtake Russell Brand, Serial, <laughs> all these Do you know what we've people. forgotten about mentioning for episodes now? Probably like a, a dozen episodes. You know, it's only word of mouth. It's the best of mouth, you know, even now, in these hard times. So here's a phenomenal little story for Okay. You. When my sister came up to see... Did I mention we went to see the birthday party? Oh, is that the that uh, Pinterplay? The, the yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see how that Maud script was began. reviewed. <laughs> Um, Can't imagine. Well, she was telling me on the on the train uh-huh. um, that she was like about an episode behind, but that especially <laughs> yeah, more than most. <laughs> um, but she said that she was on. She was like in the discussion that was going on at her job uh-huh. about marketing this new, um, uh, like, program they had going on, right. and they were talking about all the ways they could do it and you know, various social media platforms. <laughs> and and my sister said that she said, you know, we should just like make sure that we get the word that we start talking about it to people. And they said, why? And she said that without thinking, she said to them, word of mouth is best of mouth. And they, oh, looked at her, wow. they looked at her in a mixture of horror and awe. You're fired, <laughs> but we love you. That's genius. The police are on their way. That's so funny. And, Have and you not told me that? I can't. So I, I, I was. I meant to wait and oh. see if you were ever around while she was here to get her to tell you. That's fantastic. But yeah, no, she she said that she very much. It's a lovely like committed. meta element. I said that it. you would love the fact that someone has inadvertently used it in their yeah. real life. I do like as we've discussed. One of the great ways to get off in life is seeing your ideas spread like little germ viruses all throughout their tendrils. No, when we did that with the word the brains. Were Detlev. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's based the one on a meant. previous successful project <laughs> that we've we've had to <laughs> since stifle. <laughs> we've really put out a lot of fires on that one, <laughs> or before the show started. So don't you? What worry I love about is that. that there are inevitably 
swathes of people out there who are carrying on the good work we started <laughs> by forging ahead, even though we aren't. <laughs> yeah, we've really distanced ourselves. Um, yeah, so word of mouth is the best of mouth. And we've personally been very lax on all, all elements fronts. of the show. <laughs> That's going to change. I know we say that a lot, but I think uh, this is a turning point month for us. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is a turning day. This is a turning day, even now. Chase, if you're listening, will be on that show very soon. Um, We're going to appear on I know, I'm in the process of each week adding a kind of new change Ooh. to my life slash routine. Interesting. Give us a taste of some of those. Well, one of them, uh, the ones that I haven't yet implemented <laughs> are trying to do at least an hour of writing or thinking about uh, writing <laughs> i love the second one well because yeah. I, I don't like the idea of forcing myself to like just type for an hour i think each you day unless exactly that because that's how people end up if you need anyone to oversee that that's yeah. how you end up being like andy mcnab <laughs> um and uh but then i'm trying to do an hour of reading a day at least that's good uh dieting is another one mm. exercise is another one um, getting up slightly earlier. <laughs> so whilst Declan is adding things to his routine, I am taking the great big Scaling time back. scythe and yeah. cutting the wheat. <laughs> well, from you the need chaff. to because I, I'm never we don't in this see flat. You. I know. It's weird, uh, isn't it? Because I've always thought of myself as very work shy. Yeah, <laughs> like quite fundamentally, but I'm out. No, we know, don't see you ever. And and as Mark mentioned, he's seen more of my girlfriend who lives in, in Ireland across <laughs> the sea than yours who lives there. 400 yards yeah. across the air. Yeah, so I'm I'm dialing back. Declan's dialing up the creativity notch. Uh, and we're going to meet in the middle at a place where we have more time to devote to the show because we do, we're coming up to the year anniversary. That'll be April or something, mm-hmm. won't April 14th? Something like that, 17th? Something like that. 27th, wasn't it? Um, well, one of those. It was, was a was number one of the in questions April. in the quiz. Yeah. Have a little look now. <clears throat> I want to know if I was right. Okay, Because you content. got it right. Did I? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I gave you a clue or two, but... I can't type the word shame. <laughs> with, oh, my God. It's taken me several attempts to get there. To our own website, which is down. <laughs> no, it's up. It's up, but it's also going to take me ages to find. Um, can't you... It's called... Give us a taste, isn't it? Oh, yeah, so can't you just search. type that in? I might just search the word taste. Yeah. Oh, this search function, I tell you, it looks hot as hell. 18th of April. The 18th of April. So maybe we record it on the 17th. Somewhere in the middle, yeah. Anyway, all of that is to say that we are, yeah, we're going to sit down, we're going to take a day and reorientate ourselves within the world of Shame City. We haven't done any thing approaching outreach or advertising Nothing. which we should do like the stats are not bad they're they're holding on like we have a core which is really good and thank you to all of you who, who exist within it like unfathomably grateful yeah. to you for sticking by us it's uh even baffling. while we haven't yeah um but we do want to make sure that you know that we we're going to start recording days before the release so that we're not late like this one uh, and so that I don't have to just sit and then record and then listen to it back and edit straight away because it leads to some very depressing evenings in my room. <laughs> uh, yes, all of that is positive. In the meantime, however, as we said, do tell a friend about the show. Maybe not about some of the most recent episodes if you found them to be lacklustre. Although I thought the last one was last good. Last one I thought was a good one. Yeah, I think this one's been fun. One before that. Very poor. poor. I'm going to delete it while no one's looking. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, actually. I didn't even mean that. But yeah, send them in the direction of the show. Everyone's got time for shame. 
that's the new mug motto <laughs> as we okay. move into quarter four of the show until episode 65 which feels like but isn't a milestone is 65 the age where you become an oap and get your bus card and stuff probably that's probably 82 probably about now thousand, yeah. isn't it? it's older <laughs> than trees and they're old uh we'll do some... <laughs> they just put you next to a tree and see who's who older, older on a big scale who's, who's the least able to get on the bus <laughs> <laughs> wow. i'm sorry margaret it's still the tree <laughs> no luck for you this time come back next year until episode 65 then i've been isaac you've been i have been and will continue to be declan and we'll see you next time see you then guys peace Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you. Necessities of life will come to you.